Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. America's team. They are America's team. Michigan has to be in Joe Biden's world where crime is rampant, so they're criminals. Lying is what we do. I was brought up in every church in America. And of course, cheating, which is what Joe Biden, well, seems to be about. I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I know this for fact, Michigan is. But good for Jim Harbaugh. He went bat blank nuts. And Megan Rapino, I got two words for you. Ah, oh, shut the hell up. And Deadspin calls Will Levis a racist. Don't at me right now. I got sock puppets. That's right. I got sock puppets. Go Jim Harbaugh. You crazy man. You, you are saying that. Guess what? Michigan is America's team. And you know what? In Joe Biden's America, Michigan just might be America's team. Here's the deal. When you have a country right now that is just sitting back, looking at the president and going, huh, you were raised in a Puerto Rican church, a white church, black church. Everything you say is a lie. That's Joe Biden's America. Crime is rampant. We've got a carjacking problem in D.C. where Joe Biden's own granddaughter Oh, well, the Secret Service got in a shootout with Joe Biden's granddaughter's carjackers. We've got chaos here in Indy and Chicago and New York and L.A. We've got chaos all across the country. That's Joe Biden's America. So as I sit here and I listen to it and I hear what Harbaugh has to say, I go to the chin. And you know, when I go to the chin, I'm doing some thinking. And I'm saying to myself, you know what, Jim Harbaugh? You might be right. Jim Harbaugh says, we are America's team, overcoming adversity. Well, here's the other part of it. And this goes back to that Sharon Moore who was catching all kinds of hell, the coach that was the interim head coach that cussed, went to God, started crying, the whole nine yards. But here he's catching all kind of hell from the likes of Stephen A. Smith, Mad Dog Russo, the big hitters, and me, the biggest of hitters. You can't be crying like that. You can't be playing the victim. And that's what Michigan's doing. We're the victim. Adversity. Oh, by the way, we caused the adversity. Overcoming. Well, any hill that you had to overcome was done by your cheating. So you get up in front of a microphone and you claim victim status. Ooh, that's Joe Biden. So you get up on a microphone and have no sense of what is actually real. Oh, that's Joe Biden. You're right. You are absolutely right. Jim Harbaugh, you are America's team, but some people aren't buying it like I am. Some people aren't buying it. I'm all in on you, pal. I'm all in. I, put, I pay attention to the political landscape. In fact, we're going to have the great Ted Cruz on to join us in this. I pay attention to the political landscape to know that when you claim victim status, when you are a criminal, when you lie and you cheat, you're an American in Joe Biden's America. But Feinbaum, Paul Feinbaum not having it. Paul Feinbaum is saying, whoa, Jim Harbaugh, whoa, 
Michigan, as we are around Veterans Day, claiming victim status. Here is what the great Feinbaum had to say. Feels like he should be pulling a rabbit out of his hat, the great Feinbaum, or cutting his assistant in half. But here's what the great Feinbaum had to say. I find it sad and pathetic. Well, he's right about that. It is sad, and it is pathetic. But hey, this is Joe Biden's America. Why? Because this isn't America's tea. This isn't what America's about. Here we are, just days removed from Veterans Day, where we honor people who are really representative of America. This team is not representative of anything other than a program accused of cheating. Cheating! Trying to steal signs to gain an unfair advantage. That's not the way this country was built, and that's not what we should be describing as America's team. Of course, Feinbaum's right. The most pathetic thing with Michigan is their constant display of victimhood. Victimhood sells in this day and age. I had a lady, Linda Quigley, on Twitter, comes at me all the time. She loves the left. Good for her. I ain't mad at it. I don't know her. Comes at me all the time. The second I come back, where does she go? Fetal position victim. It's what we do. I had a problem with a professor, a woman named Joanne Mellis, arguably America's most wacky professor. She came at me. I came back. Oh, my God, the victim status came out. He was using violence by saying he wouldn't go at it in a pool with me, who's not my wife. And, of course, people bought it. Well, that was a couple years ago where people bought anything anybody said. Victimhood sells, and Michigan football is selling. They're selling it hard. We've overcome adversity. Whoa, whoa, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. You have the best facilities in the country. You're the winningest program in the country. You got 110, 20,000 people show up every game. You got more money than you got since coming in from all areas, including TV, ticket sales, revenue, parking, you name it. You are literally swimming downstream while most are swimming upstream. And that wasn't enough. You had to go and cheat. Not once, not twice, but apparently three times. You cheated with COVID. You cheated with, in COVID, practicing when you weren't supposed to, allegedly. You met with recruits in COVID when you were not supposed to. Let me give you another one. They had coaches that weren't supposed to coach coaching. Doesn't seem like a big deal to you. I get it, but it is in the coaching community. There are certain guardrails in place to assure fair competition. So Harbaugh was doing all that. Put that in a bowl. That's number one. Number two, you've got an assistant coach, an offensive coordinator that was diving in, allegedly, to other teams' websites, to other teams' emails, to other teams' coaches' practice plans and and videotape of their practices. It's all computerized. This coach is now being investigated for cybercrime. Guess who's the coach? The head coach, Jim Harbaugh. And, of course, We've got sign stealing. Now, I didn't even bring in the fact that they hired a racist Shemmy Schembechler and had to fire him. I didn't even bring in that Harbaugh hired a guy who just got arrested for trying to get 13-year-old girls drunk. Uh, What was that? To catch a predator, Chris Hansen style. I'm not even in on that. But these are the obstacles that they overcame. Look, I understand if you're starting quarterback, wide receiver, running back, defensive end, are all out with injuries, and you go to Penn State and you win, Sharon Moore, cry, baby, cry. 
But when it is yourself that mounts the obstacles, when it is you that grows it to the mighty oak and you've got to get around it, under it, over it, through it, whatever, guess what? I got no sympathy. Sympathy, as we know, is between sh and syphilis in the dictionary. See this face? It ain't sympathetic for cheats. I've lost a lot of money. I mean millions of dollars, $3.5 million at West Virginia, and I don't even know how many millions at Indiana by standing up. And so Michigan people can talk, talk about me. You can talk about me all you want. Even my own kids are like, Dad, why are you so honest? Because they don't even know how much money I have lost standing up. Seven-year, $500,000 guarantee with raises, at least $3.5 million. I told West Virginia to stick it because they weren't going to do things right. Same thing at Indiana. I should have just shut up and let drug addicts be drug addicts, but that's not my nature. So I got nothing for cheats. That's why I'm so honest. I hate cheats, and I hate sanctimonious cheats. Tariko sent me a text the other day. He said, man, Michigan's the gift that keeps on giving for you. I said, Mike, he lives in Ann Arbor. I hate cheats. I particularly hate sanctimonious cheats. Let's get together for some laughs and some drinks soon. That's all I got. I got no sympathy for it. I got less sympathy for a cheat, a sanctimonious posh cheat like Harbaugh, who has been a fraud his whole life, except he was a pretty tough football player. I'll give him that. And the fact that he punched Jim Kelly, hey, what are you going to do? Sometimes you got to punch a guy. I'll give him that. But he has been a fraud with religion, and he has been a fraud with rules. He's a fraud. And now he's exposed, and good for him for standing up and trying to make people believe, because all the sycophants that work at, and love Michigan will back him up. And in his little cocoon of a world, because he finally beat Ohio State while cheating, uh, he is a hero. He walks around, he's a hero. Three years ago, when he couldn't beat Ohio State, he walked around as a zero. Salary being cut, hoping to keep his job, begging them to keep his job, assistance being cut, firing guys saving his backside. So anyway, good for Michigan. They have figured it out. God bless, God bless, God bless. Now, let's hear from Jim Harbaugh. The perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that, that – uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes what the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. Yeah, it's my favorite kind of team. Oh, man, adversity, stalwart. He just says words. Like, when you really listen to him, he's an idiot. I mean, he's he, he, he stone idiot. Now, I get it. Uh, Women like Nicole Arbaugh and all these little kids on, you know, that are writers. Oh, he's so quirky. No, he's an idiot. Stalwart. Stalwart. <laughs> oh, man. Good for him. Seriously, I got no problem with him. Friend of my son's played for him, liked him. Uh, the mother liked him. He was going to Notre Dame. They fired whoever. Uh, next thing you know, they went to Stanford. I'm sure they had a good career. I can't remember. But mother liked him, and the mother was cool, so I liked him. I did, but I don't like cheats. You guys can like cheats. I get it. Michigan guys are up, standing up and down, standing our head, pooping snowballs. But I don't like cheats. What can I tell you? 
I don't like Megan Rapinoe. There's a lot of I don't like. I'll tell you who I do like going back to Michigan. I like what Phil Martelli did yesterday with the Michigan basketball team. They went into Market Square or Madison Square Garden and beat the living crap out of Patino. I don't know why I didn't bet that. Look, scores matter. And Michigan had beaten Youngstown State, who's pretty good. Beat them by 50 or 30, whatever it was. There's no reason for me to bet the over-under on that game and lose. Now, I should have bet Michigan. I'm stupid once in a while. I tell you when I'm wrong, and I tell you when I make mistakes. Made a mistake. Shouldn't have done it. But anyway, hail to the victor, Father. Hail. We love Michigan. Go get them, Jim Harbaugh. Go get them. Uh, Megan Rapino. I got three words for you. Megan Rapino gives me gas. Hey, this is Joe Biden. That's my Joe Biden. Megan Rapino. Well, let's hear from the great woman. This is a long one, although I'm, I'm going to get the Aaron Rodgers treatment, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be calling him or whoever did his surgery because we need to speed this up. But yeah, I thought about it a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there wasn't God, like this is proof that there isn't. This is f***ed up. Um, so yeah, it just, it's just f***ed yeah, good for her. I mean, she's a bad. Where has that tongue been, by the way? Can you put that picture back up? I don't want to be anywhere near where that tongue's been. Honest to God, that tongue sticking out. Where has that thing been? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the disgust, the places, the cobwebs, the goo, ugh, where that tongue has been? Oh, gee, knock at your sexes. Oh, shut up. Oh, just shut up. You were thinking the same thing. I just happened to say it. Where has that tongue been? I don't want any part of where that bad boy has been, and neither should you. I'm just a horrible person. I don't know what else to say about it. Just America's worst. But hey, look, she's got a little group of angry power lesbians that stand around her sorry tongue-wagging ass. I'll bet you money on this. I think this. My wife is a lesbian expert. She is. And right now, Aaron and, and Gary are going, uh-oh, where is he going on this? Uh, my wife is. She's an expert on this. She was told as a freshman at Toledo, hey, we're going to a softball party. She was a great softball player by one of the girls who wasn't a lesbian. You stay with me because they're going to try to recruit you. It's what happens in the lesbian softball world. The lesbian softball, soccer, basketball world is insane. I had Kurt Miller, who's currently the coach of the uh, Los Angeles, what are they, the Sparks? Kurt was a basketball coach, women's basketball coach at Bowling Green. And Kurt comes in my office screaming one day when I was the basketball coach. I'm going to get to this relationship in a minute. Kurt, I get, Kurt comes in my office and he's pissed. I go, what's going on? Now remember, Kurt is gay. He's a gay male coaching women's basketball, and he will tell you, lesbian women love him. Kurt comes in my office. He is pissed. I go, coach, what's wrong? Dad, 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 he has a list, but it was awesome. Dad, dad, I got, I'm not going to say the name of the two girls. They won't practice today. I'm like, why? Because this one broke up with that one. And the stuff he said was so funny. Myself and my assistant, Artie Papella, we just started laughing. That's the world of lesbian sports. They date teammates. They date coaches. Hell, Lee took over for a coach that was dating her shortstop. The whole thing is chaos. Nobody's going to expose it because everyone's afraid. But the whole thing is absolute chaos. Lee tells great stories, my wife, <clears throat> of having to set the rooming list 
because this one was dating this player. But if this, she roomed this one with that girl, this one would be jealous and it would cause a whole thing. She had to catch girls running across courtyards. These women are so insane. Finally, she went to the athletic director of Bowling Green and said, no more lesbians. No more. It's too insane. It's too nuts. The whole lesbian sports world, like these two clowns here, Bird and Rapino, they try to come out like they're some kind of power couple. It's the dirtiest secret in sports. I guarantee you, I can look at Sue Bird and go, yeah, there's going to be a point where she goes Ann H. There's going to be a point where she goes Ann H on Rapino. Because nothing, and lesbian women, older lesbian women have told Lee and I this, and it gets a little boring. And there are women that give in to the lesbian thing that aren't really. They get recruited, and they aren't really. I'm making bets that Bird walks out of this relationship within the next five years. I'm taking action. But it's the most ridiculous thing in sports. The, the softball women's national coaching tournament is the stuff, our national, uh, national coaching conference is the stuff of legends with all the lesbian coaches that are married to sneaking around. It's the mo it's Caligula. But here we are. Our morals are set by this crazy rapido. It's the best. When you truly know what's going on in the world of sports and lesbians, and every lesbian woman that's listening to this is going, you know, Doc, it's, there's going to be an article, but you ain't wrong. Somebody's going to write a hate article about you, but you ain't wrong. Everyone knows. I mean, Lee and I have had so many conversations with so many former players, teammates that are lesbian. It is unbelievable the stories they have. So I have no respect for these two being the moral compass of anything. And if Megan Rapino doesn't believe in God, good for her. If Megan Rapino believes in God, <clears throat> I might have to go the other way. I might have to say, uh, nah, if this power lesbian weirdo believes in God, uh, let me hit the other way, because I'm telling you, these women are out of their minds. They're insane. The sex stuff, the threesomes, the switching, the swapping. You think that monkeypox was weird and the stories that came out of monkeypox, oh, contraire. Oh, please. One moment. <laughs> oh, shut up, Siri. I didn't even ask you. I didn't even ask you. They're listening to us. <laughs> Working on that. Thank you. Get away. All right, speaking of weirdos, there's a guy named Karan Phillips. Karan Phillips is trying so hard to be the next racial guy. Karan Phillips blocked me a long time ago. He was like a writer for maybe the New York Daily News, but he lived in New York because, well, he was African-American and he didn't have to do what they wanted him to do. I mean, he don't have to move to New York to work for a New York newspaper. <laughs> and his colleagues, one of which was Frank Isola, was like, man, Dan, don't even mess. He's such an idiot. And he continues to be an idiot. There is no bigger idiot. He's trying so hard, this Karan Phillips, and you've never heard of him. There was a day when, when Deadspin came at you, when Deadspin came at you, uh, guess what? You know what I mean? It was tough. My buddy Phil Sack, America's Greatest Gambler, just texted me, and he said he's taken over three and a half years for Rapino and Bird. I'll take the under. I'll take the under. We'll go 100 bucks. I'll take the under. They're going to break up. Uh, Sue Bird looks like, you know what? 
uh, she might have been recruited into the life. That happens. I'm telling you, it happens. Like Lee said, first play, first time, first party. And sure enough, they were circling her. Pretty little girl with long hair. Nice ass on her, Lee, at the day. They were, it still does, by the way. I, I, I digress. They were circling. Vaults, that's what they do. Don't even try it. Don't even try it with me. I'll, I'll take the over, Phil. Uh, what I take it? I'm taking the under. Uh, all right, so this guy, Karan frickin' Phillips. I'm telling you, man, he's trying so hard. He sees that cap money. He sees it, and he wants it. And there was a time when Deadspin came at you. Deadspin used to come at me like it was my job. Deadspin used to come at me and be like, well, Dawkins did that. Oh, shut up. Kevin Draper, I think, was the guy. He was all smart, and he would come at me. I remember when I said, hey, you can't take Indiana basketball serious until after Halloween. Deadspin wrote this big article because I didn't know this dope-smoking idiot named Devin Davis who ended up, what did he end up doing? Playing for Calvin Sampson and missing two big free throws, which is not surprising. I knew Devin. So anyway, I said, look, you can't take Indiana serious until after Halloween. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't see the paper or Twitter that morning, Devin Davis in a drunken stupor with his teammates got hit by his own teammate in a car on Halloween. So Deadspin went nuts. Stockage is making fun of it. I didn't know anything about it, but Deadspin used to matter. I remember being at Syracuse, laughing my ass off, reading the article, having a beer at the varsity with my wife and pizza. Good pizza. Anyway, so Deadspin used to matter. Now Deadspin's just a shell of itself. I mean, let's be honest. So here is what this guy, uh, Karan Phillips Jr. <laughs> I'm not going to say. In 2022, Ryan Tannehill wanted nothing to do with the new guy in town, Malik Willis. He's black. He's also a quarterback dipstick, and I don't know if you know this, but in sports, Karan, you dumbass racist Phillips, people that are going to lose their job have a tendency to get a little insecure. He's black. Oh, look at Karan. In 2023, Tannehill went out of his way to make sure people know that he supports the new guy in town, Will Levis. He's white. Yeah. This stuff writes itself. Tannehill knew what was going to what he was doing when he threw his support behind Will Levis and not Malik Willis. And while Levis may be the better option, really, what does it say when black quarterbacks can't even get supported in their own room? It says a veteran like Tannehill is holding up progress in more ways than one. Ain't no progress with a black quarterback start. It's already happened. These dudes talk about progress. You go. You go, Karan. You go. <laughs> Hey, maybe it means that Tannehill liked Willis more. <gasps> then he liked, or excuse me, that Tannehill liked Levis more. Maybe it means Tannehill was trying to stoop his girlfriend. Maybe it means that Willis came in acting like a jackass. Everything about that? Maybe it means Tannehill's a jackass. Maybe Willis came in entitled. Maybe Levis came in humble. Maybe Tannehill was in a place where he was threatened by Willis. Maybe Tannehill got in a place where he wasn't threatened by Levis because he's a little older and he's been cashing checks. See, guys like Karan Phillips are dangerous, but more than that, they're stupid. If they actually had to write about sports, they couldn't do it. That's why he got fired from the New York Daily News or the Post or whichever one in New York that he wrote for because he's really bad at his job. No different than Julie DiCarlo. When you are a, what is the right word? 
a chaos writer, when all you can write about is racism. And in Julie DiCarlo, who I don't even know who the hell she is, but she used to write bad stuff about me. She's an Indiana grad that hates me and hates Alford and hates men and hates everything, blah, 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 blah. When they can't get anywhere else, they go to Deadspin. If they actually liked Anscape, the black racist thing on ESPN, if they had to write about sports, they couldn't do it. If you took out stupid stuff, like, well, these guys, stupid race stuff. There's some smart race stuff, but this ain't it. But this is what this guy is. This is who this guy is. He's really stupid. I mean, he's really stupid. There's some smart writers out there, black and white. But there are some really dumb ones. And Julie DiCarlo and this guy, Karan Phillip Jr., a lot of you are searching going, hey, who's Julie DiCarlo? You know, there's 350 million people in this country. Not everybody's going to get along. Maybe he got along with a white guy better. Maybe some get along with a black guy better. Who knows? I happen to get along with women better. Women love me. I don't get along with white males real well. Black guys love me because I'm a CWB. I'm a cool white boy. White guys always want to tell me their Bobby Knight stories. White guys always try to bow up when they're around me, except for Phil Sack and Tom Fine and my longtime friend. But most white guys got to tell me, you know, Dan, I, uh, uh, Bobby Knight. Well, no, nah, I don't care. If you tell me a Bobby Knight story, understand I'm not listening. I'll act like I'm listening. I've learned to fake it. If I can get something out of you, I'm listening. I'll go, oh, yeah, well, that's great. But as soon as you start telling me one, I'm out. What can I tell you? So that's the way the world works. Maybe Tannehill didn't want to hear the BS that Malik Willis was spewing. Maybe Tannehill likes his girlfriend. Who knows? But it ain't as simple as he's black. And to black America, it isn't always about you. I mean, I love you. We're boys. But it ain't always about you. It's just not. I mean, look, you can act like it is. You can say it is. You can, you know, I understand it sells. I understand when you're an idiot like Karan Phillips or Julie DiCarlo, you got to make it something like that. Julie DiCarlo will tell you, it's always about men being me. Well, okay, it's not. Sometimes there's 350 million people in this country, and sometimes some get along, and sometimes some don't. And that's it. That's all she wrote. So, Karan Phillips, keep doing your thing. And Karan, Karen, Karan, I bet it's Karen. It should be K-A-R-E-N. But anyway, congratulations. I will say to this, congratulations. You have made the best show in the morning in the country when you are a human being that literally nobody knows. So it worked, big boy. I got duped. You know, when Joe Biden sits there and he talks about his dad saying, just a little breathing room. Or he waxes philosophic about the Americans sitting around the table. We're sitting around the table in the winter of death. And we're all going to die from COVID unless we don't support big pharma, Moderna, Pfizer, and get shots. If we don't wear our masks, Greg Doyle and Joe Biden say we're all going to die. It's like sending your kid to Vietnam, sending him to college. The adulterous Greg Doyle of the Indy Star had to say, by the way, Stooping a girl that looks like freaking Feinbaum. What are you doing? But I digress. But anyway, here's the deal. Joe Biden's full of shit. Joe Biden has a temper that's out of this world. Joe Biden will throw F-bombs. Now, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, there's nothing better 
than a fraud. There's nothing better for this show than a fraud. I love me some fraud. I do. I think frauds are great to talk about. I'm a lot of things, but I ain't a fraud. I mean, look, I may be a pig. I may be an ass. I may be a jerk. I may be incredibly nice, handsome, smart, well-read, you name it. I could be all those things, but I ain't a fraud. If I do something well, I tell you, and there is something I do very well, and, uh, well, never mind. That would be gross. But anyway, so Biden recalls David Axelrod a blank blank in a 2024 opinion. Uh, well, I don't, I don't, opin, O-P-I-N-I-O-N, is that correct spelling? What are we saying there? Did I miss something? Am I not as well read as I think? But I got to ask you a question. Uh, why do we allow Joe Biden to even be a fraud in this? Got a horrible temper because he's stupid. Like, I'm stupid. Add that to the list. And I got a horrible temper. I do. No, I don't. No, that's a lie. I had a horrible temper when I was coach. I could not stand not playing hard. I had a horrible temper when people showed up late. I had a horrible temper one day. How about this, Zach? I'm going to speak at a class. I go to the class. Two of my players are supposed to be in the class. They didn't show for the class that I was speaking at. I had a baseball bat in my office. And I swear to God, I'd have been fired that day because both of the kids would have gone to the president of the university and said, Dockage threatened me with a bat. I didn't threaten him, but I was holding a bat screaming like a crazy man. Let me tell you what else happened. They both graduated, and they never missed a class again. Bite me. Anyway, so Biden uh, calls <laughs> David Axelrod, who is a political opportunist, a, you see the word. Uh, here it is. Political columnist Jonathan Martin hammered President Biden's re-election strategy on Monday and argued that reportedly calling former Obama advisor... David Axelrod, hey, you can read it. In private, it was not, it, it not going to win in votes. Martin also criticized Biden's decision to debate poll results with the White House press corps, added that it wouldn't make his victory in 2024 any likely. Calling David Axelrod, mm, as a person who has heard Biden use the word, uh, says he does in private, is not a strategy to win 270 electoral votes. And repeating a PG version of the same enemas in public while litigating polling with the White House press corps also makes Biden's re-election any, un, uh, they won't make it any unlike, here's the deal. Let's just talk. We all know he's a fraud. We all know he's a cheat. We all know he's a liar. We all know he's the worst president in the history of the United States. We all know that using that word, according to, uh, I think it was Pat Forty, when you're coaching is bad. Pat Forty won't write anything about it because like all media, Pat Forty's on the left. He criticized Forty did, coaches for using that word. No criticism will be leveled against Biden because he is the political John Gotti. He is Teflon. He's also, hey, Joe, uh, sausage. Joe, where are you? Springfield. You know, I love this show. I do. I don't even know if it's on YouTube anymore. I don't even know if it gets kicked out. I'm just a guy in the basement chatting, just chatting. Uh, the oldest president in history, when he first took office, Biden will not be able to govern. Really? Yeah, think. look at that. Oh, Springfield! <laughs> uh, Biden will not be able to govern and campaign in a matter. He doesn't have to. Like, we're not allowed to say what actually happens in elections on this show because we'll get shut down. But he doesn't have to do anything. 
There's nothing. I've said this forever. The Republicans better get their acts together. He simply does not have the capacity to do it, and his staff doesn't trust him to even try. As they make clear by blocking him from the press, Biden's bid will give new meaning to a Rose Garden campaign. It requires accommodation to that unavoidable fact of life. Hey, Martin, you just figuring this out? Hey, Martin, this just coming to you? Look, everybody's missing the point here. And I'm not allowed to say, I guess, because then I don't want Aaron and, and Gary mad at me. But let's put it this way. He doesn't have to do anything. The machine is in place. I mean, you've seen it. Don't go to sleep on election night. Make sure everybody has a keypad to get into to places. I mean, we got, we got people that don't even want you to have to show an ID to vote. We're sending votes all over the place. Don't go to sleep. I'm just telling you. I don't know what we're allowed to say or we're not allowed to say, but I'll tell you this. He doesn't have to do anything. He didn't do anything the last time, except they pumped him full of juice to get through one debate, and he was okay. He was coherent. He was smug. He was a smart aleck. He was useless. But anyway, he doesn't have to do anything. Why don't people see this? Why cannot people see he doesn't have to do a thing. And the political system is set up right now where he will win. Look, I'm usually the 100th smartest person in the room. But I know what room I'm walking into. If I'm walking into a sports room, then I will be prepared. If I'm walking into a room where I'm going to talk business, then I make sure I know what's going on around the Indianapolis community. If I walk into a room where I talk politics, I prepare. I'm not the smartest, but I, but I prepare. I have so many people on this show, and this is my life, because I study it, you don't. You're doing your job right now. This is my job. So I'll say something, somebody will go, that's not what it is. And then they'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, because I've studied this. When we went to the polling place here at... St. Simon Church, when Lee went in the morning like at 6 and then I went right after the show to vote last Tuesday, a week ago, it struck me how organized Democrats were at the polling booth. They were passing out stuff. I don't know whether they were the actual candidate because I acted like I was talking on the phone because the last thing I need is some little sniveling activist named Nick something who's running for city council, you know, on a socialist platform telling me about his life when he hasn't wiped his ass twice with either hand. But they got it figured out. I don't think there was a Republican anywhere. I don't think there was a Republican even standing around. So look, you can say whatever you want, but the facts be the facts. Stay awake. Be vigilant. Isn't that what Dan Rather used to say? Be vigilant. All right, let me go back to something. Let me go back to something real quick. Oh, I got to get this story in. This is the dream, Dylan. This is the dream, Nicks. This is the dream, fellas. I want you to listen to this story. Florida just started online sports betting. And I'm going. We're going to do the show from Florida uh, coming up in December. And I got to tell you, man, I'm happy about it. I'm so happy. They've started online gambling, which means my points bet will work. First weekend, this guy won himself $5.5 million. Yeah, I said it. I meant it. $5.5 million. That's the dream. 
Look, I won a couple hundred the other night, and my toes were tapping. Here was his parlay. You see it right there. Devin Singletary over 51.5 yards. Singletary, anytime touchdown. Houston over on 45.5. Texas money line. Check, 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 check. Now, the dude had a 500,000 parlay, dollar parlay. Five hundred. See, I lose 100 bucks and I go out and I swear and I go door dashing the next day. I need to sack the hell up. I need to get big money going. Sack, let's go tonight. I'm in on whatever. I'm going big money. It ain't chasing. It's understanding that a downturn eventually turns into an upswing. It's called water finds its level to dummies like me. You guys will say regress to the mean. I get that. I can't live off Tom Fine's gambling golf money much longer. I can't live on the weekly stipend that me shooting 92 and Fine shooting 92 supports my habits. Because somehow I won 200 bucks or 145 bucks off Fine, and we both shot 92. And I'm playing again tomorrow with him. I can't rely on Tom Fine to pay for my kids' education. Oh, wait, they're done. To pay for my Saturday nights at the disco. I got to start sports wagering at a higher amount. Yeah, that's the answer right there. That's the damn answer. But how about that? Hey, I've been saving this 500000 for a four-team parlay. Huh? Five-leg five parlay. $5.5 million. Now, here's the deal. If you're going to bet 500000 I'm betting. I'm just in my brain thinking. I'm spitballing here. I'm betting $5.5 million doesn't really change his life. Would it change my life? Oh, hell yeah. Would it change his life? No. I will say this. Fine did provide the vodka. I'll do it this time. And by the way, if you're looking for vodka, I got to tell you, Costco vodka is great. They give you a bottle this big, and it's good. I don't know the difference in vodkas because I really don't drink vodka. But I don't. All I drink is beer and wine. But anyway, I got to tell you, Tom Fine is one of the best times on a golf course with your pants on that you can possibly have. Anyway, $5.5 million. How about that? Lou Holtz. Yeah. Lou Holtz is getting ready to join us. If you can't tell, I'm kind of riled up today. I started the day texting back and forth with Urban and drinking a big old espresso. So I'm on one. And then I'm playing pickleball this afternoon with my wife. She beat my ass golfing yesterday. She shot an 88. I shot 95. I'm a six handicap. I need strokes. We right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know what? We had Coach uh, Holtz on a few weeks ago when uh, yeah, Ryan Day got mad. Everybody getting mad. I mean, that's the world we live in. Everybody just gets mad. So, Coach, let's get mad, glad, angry, or sad, whatever you want to do. I'm sure you have followed this Michigan deal. What is your thought? Well, I, I think that it has to be investigated, but it is illegal what they did. Several years ago, they passed a law that said you're not allowed to scout. When I started out as a graduate assistant, I would scout for the University of Iowa. But they said, no, that's too expensive. We're going to exchange all the film, all the video, so that there's no need to scout. That rule has been in place forever. Now we have people going out and scouting, taking film of the other team's coaches and trying to get the signals, et cetera. I'm all for getting an advantage during the game if you can do it legally. But this is really unfair to the other teams. However... I'm not saying that uh, he, he shouldn't be allowed to coach. I think it's hard to make a decision in the middle of the year. They should have done this either before the season or after the season, but don't make that decision during the season. It's unfair to the team. The team had nothing to do with it. Hey, Coach, um, walk me through this. I, I coached uh, maybe three games when Coach Knight got kicked out or suspended. I'm trying to think maybe it was four. Uh, basketball is different. Football, you have so many position coaches. He can be around Harbaugh can during the week, but not on games. What do you think the impact of that is on the field? I, I think that the leadership is the only thing. Uh, fortunately, uh, Jim Harbaugh does not run the offense or the defense. Does not make the, the calls during the course of the game. He decides whether we're going to go for two or punt the ball, whatever the case may be. But I think it does hurt your team as far as the leadership's concerned. But physically, no. And mentally, no. Because the coach doesn't have anything to do with it. I called every offensive play that I was coaching. So consequently, if I wasn't there, it might be an advantage for a football team and somebody else would do a better job. But I ran the <laughs> offense. <laughs> Coach, that's crap, by the way, but okay, uh, I, I, I got it. Hey, look, do you think Michigan and what is happening, two suspensions in one year, the school suspended them early, now it's a Big Ten, do you think this should have any impact at all on them making or not making the college football playoff? I, I don't think so. I think that uh, how much did that affect the way they performed? I don't think so. I think Michigan's one of the two best football teams in the country. I think Georgia and Michigan are head and shoulders above everybody else, and they should make the playoff. That's my feeling. After the year, you make any decision you want to make, but to make a decision during the course of the year is unfair to the team. It's just like when Penn State uh, fired Joe Paterno, and I was doing the Fiesta Bowl for ESPN. After the game, I went over to the hotel and I went in to get a drink of, before I went to bed. And the president of the NCAA said, could I sit down with you? I said, yeah. He said, you're not happy with our decision. I said, no, that was not a 
NCAA violation that Penn State was involved in. That was a criminal violation. One coach is in jail for life. The other coach is dead, Joe Paterno. And now two other people are going to go from Penn State to the state pen. They wouldn't have to change stationery. And, and you're going to take $60 million? You're going to take it away from women's athletics? I don't think that's a fair thing to do. I feel the same way that decisions like this have to be made at the end of the year, not during the course of the year, because it's unfair to the players. Where do you have Ohio State? You mentioned Georgia and Michigan. Obviously, you know, people lost their minds on you because you said they were soft and blah, 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 blah. Uh, where do you have them in this Let's whole mix? And First of all, okay. I think Coach Day's done a tremendous job. However, I, there I am on the Pat McAfee show, thousands of Notre Dame fans sitting right in front of me. What am I going to say? Oh, Notre Dame has no chance. They're going to lose. No, that's not what you do. You have to believe in your school and what you're doing. But here's the point. Three times, Michigan had fourth and one. Did not make it a single time. Other than the long run where the guy missed a tackle, they averaged less than two yards per try on like 25 rushes. When they condemned, they had this far to go. Uh, last play of the game, they run the ball. They have to do a video replay to find out if they've got the end zone or not. And then we only had 10 men on the field. And the media said, why did you only have 10? I said, we felt that's all we needed. You know, we, we thought we could stop with that. <laughs> but let's understand this. Michigan's a good football team. Defensively, they are so much improved over the last couple of years. They play physical on defense, and they play good. Offensively, Ohio State is strictly throw the ball here, throw the ball there, and, and they have great receivers. And their deal amount is far more than probably anybody else. But they're a good football team. But I don't think they're a great football team because they can't run the ball. I love Ohio State. I was raised in the state of Ohio. I went to Kent State. I coached for 48. We won the national championship. Fight the team across the field. Show them Ohio State. I know it all. And so it wasn't anything against Ohio State. It was a fact that I was speaking from my heart. I did believe that they were physical enough in running the football to be a great football team. I have not seen anything yet that changed my mind. But they're a good offensive football team. They're excellent on defense. Coach, I, I, I've always said this. This has a way of playing itself out. You know, Alabama's going to play Georgia. Ohio State's going to play Michigan. It, it seems to always play itself out. Can you see... Uh, a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Michigan team getting into the college football playoff. I know it depends on how the game goes. I get all that. But let's say it's a close game down the stretch. Field goal wins it. Either way. Can you see a one-loss either team get in? I, I think a one-loss team could possibly get in. Maybe if Michigan beats Ohio State and then they rule that Michigan's ineligible for the championship. But, you know, I, I vote on the top 16 teams each week. And you're right. It's going to play itself out. Ohio State is is one. Michigan's three. That doesn't mean a thing. They're going to play one another. That means Washington, who's number five, if they went out, should be able to get in. I do believe Oregon's one of the best football teams in the entire country. I, I, I think I would put Oregon in my top four, but that that's not the way it's going to be. I think Alabama has a chance against Georgia. But Georgia's an excellent football team, make no mistake about it, a complete football team. I think the way Alabama's playing now, the way Milrose come on, 
Their offense is much, much better. They're able to run the ball. They protect the passer. And Milrow has really come on to, to give them a great leadership. And so it's going to come down to Georgia versus Alabama, Ohio State versus Michigan. Then it'll probably be Florida State, although Florida has to play. Florida State has to play Florida. That could be a, a victor and plus the championship game. I do believe that Oregon is going to get left out. And unfortunately, I think they're one of the best football teams. I think Nick's having a tremendous year. The amazing thing, Pac-12 has never had a team in the championship. And all of a sudden, you have several that are very good. You got Washington. You got Oregon. You got even Oregon State is much, much better. They all three have transfer quarterback. And that's what's really amazing. 47 quarterbacks are transfers. You have Daniel, started as a freshman Southern Cap, started as a sophomore Georgia, started at West Virginia as a junior, and is starting at uh, Rice as a senior. I wonder where he's going to start as a graduate assistant. I, I don't know. But it's just ridiculous. All the quarterbacks transfer. The three great teams for the Pac-12. Knicks came, came from Auburn. Uh, Bo Pettix came from Indiana. And the quarterback, I can't pronounce his name, but Oregon State, came from uh, Clemson. And I'll tell you this, he didn't look as good at Clemson as he does now. I look up and go, wow, how'd they let him go? I'm, I can't say his name either, but I know DJ something. DJU, that's what I call him, DJU. That's how that, that, I say Thank you name. for the, the information, DJU. Yeah. Hey, Coach, I'm with you on Alabama. I don't know, maybe it's... I don't. I, I like teams and players that have been through some stuff. Like you know that that kid Milrow, he got benched. People were kind of counting uh, Alabama out, but I don't know if anybody's playing better. I guess Georgia may be playing better, but it doesn't seem like very many are playing better than what Alabama's got rolling right now. I agree with you. Well, with everybody running the spread offense, there are three things you have to do to be able to defend the spread offense. Number one. You have to be able to play man-to-man -man on the wide receiver, at least be in the same zip code with the ball's throw. Number two, you have to get pressure from a four-man rush on, on it. And number three, you got to tackle an open field. Georgia, Alabama, and I even think Notre Dame is a very good defense football team because they do those three things. Coach, I don't know if you have a Heisman vote, but if you did, who would you vote for? Well, i got to tell you, I think the best quarterback I've seen and each and every week you have a different team and you have a different quarterback. I, I think Daniels at LSU is really fantastic. How in the world did Arizona State let him get away? I mean, there's not, there's not enough money in Louisiana to get him out of Arizona. That, that guy's fantastic. But I, I also thought, I, I think that Bo Pettix is having a tremendous year. So is Bo Nick. But the quarterback for Michigan... They don't ask him to do an awful lot, but every time they do, he's ultra-effective. So I would think I would really look at McCarthy, I think it is, at Michigan, and Daniels at LSU. I think those are the two best quarterbacks, but they're not with the best football team. Well, Michigan might be, but Daniels not. Daniels is with the three lost teams, so he, he probably won't get it. The last guy to get it off a 2-8 and eight team was uh, the quarterback from Notre Dame but later went on and played running back at uh, the Green Bay Packers. Who's that? Oh, 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 
the, the, I it, can't it, remember. At Green Bay, the tailback at Green Bay. He was a quarterback at Notre Dame. He's from Louisville. Uh, not a real oh, Paul Horning. Person, Paul Horning. Paul Horning. Yeah, Paul Horning. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, <laughs> one of the advantages, I'm going to be 78 in a month. And one of the advantages of being basically a dull person all your life, you say he couldn't remember uh, Paul Horning's name. <laughs> yeah, but five years ago, he couldn't do that either. So he's not slipping as fast <laughs> as people think. Who wins in your mind? I know a lot can happen. And then I got a great, I got, I got a fan that sent me a question to ask you about the highlight of your life, but who wins as we sit here right now? I know, I know, I know there's a lot of time between now, a lot can happen between now uh, and Saturday after Thanksgiving. But if you had to pick right now, Michigan or Ohio State, who are you thinking? I, I think Michigan. I think Michigan wins the football game. They beat them the last two years. I think uh, they both have outstanding quarterbacks, good offenses. But I think Michigan's going to run the ball with Corp. I think their offensive line's playing exceptionally well. I think Michigan wins that game. Uh, I'll tell you what, Alabama and Georgia toss it up. I, I, I really believe Alabama has a chance against Georgia. Uh, when you looked at Washington played Oregon, and they played at Washington. That was a great game. The lead changed six different times. Uh, Washington's up by three. Oregon drives down, misses a little field goal. It would have tied the game, went into overtime, which I think would have been justified because they're both very, very good teams. The, the team, and I'm not really convinced, is going to be one of four yet, is Florida State. They have too many close calls against very average football teams. But I saw them in person when uh, they played uh, LSU, and Travis, the quarterback, is outstanding. If they played as well as they did against LSU, yeah, they have a chance. But I think that the best team in the country will be between Michigan and the winner of Alabama and Georgia. I agree. All right, Coach, word on the street is, the uh, non-family, I'm taking family, kids, wife, I'm taking all this out, okay? The highlight, yes. proudest moment of your life was winning the member guest at Augusta National. That's what I'm hearing. Well, it, it is, and that is highlighted. We had 12 athletes come in, Rocket Ishmael, Tim Brown, Jerome Bennett, uh, Tony Rice. Chris Rich came in last weekend. They're doing a, I don't know, some testimony or whatever. But they asked me, and I said it was a winning the member, member the guest. And let me tell you why. Winning the national championship was great. Being Oklahoma after suspending three athletes, scored 78% of our touchdown, changed my life. It, it put me from an unknown into national figure. <clears throat> but I, I won those awards. I've been Hall of Fame. I, I, I've won the, uh, the the Presidential Freedom Award. I, I, I've won different awards because of what other people did. Winning the member, member, the guest, I'm proud of because that's what I did. I got to swing the club. And let me tell you, my goal all my life was to shoot my weight. I had to gain some pounds to do it. Then my goal was to shoot my age. And at age, age 82, I shot my age. Now my goal is to shoot my IQ, which is a lot lower than my age. <laughs> Coach, 
I tell people all the time, I like to play golf every day. I mean, I play, I play, con- and I like to bet as long as it's fair. And people always ask me, well, why do you like to bet? You played in Indiana for Bob Knight, blah, blah, blah. I go, because it's the only thing that I, me, I can compete in. I'm not playing basketball. <laughs> I'm not running routes in football, right? It's the only thing that I can compete in, not somebody else doing it for me. That's right. I get it. Uh, golf is a great sport, and I can't play it anymore because of the skeletal parts of my body has really gone downhill. Uh, mentally, I seem to be okay, but I, I love golf. I've always loved golf. I play it every day, and I used to tell my wife, the amount of time I spent on the golf course, God is not going to count that against my lot of time on this earth. He's going to let me live longer so I can be with you. So she never complained. <laughs> Coach, I love having you on. I got to get you back. I cannot thank you enough for the time. As I said, I know you spoke to Urban yesterday. I don't. He's not going back into coaching. There, I don't think so. When I talk to him, he's not going back into coaching. No, I don't think he's going to go back into coaching. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the recognition. He loves his lifestyle. He's 60 years of age. His father had some health problems when he was uh, a little bit later in life, and Urban wants to enjoy his daughters, his son. His two daughters, one son, he wants to enjoy his wife. She's a beautiful person. And, and he's got a home down in uh, Naples, uh, I think it is. So, yeah, he, he's doing very, very well. And he's a great coach, and he's an outstanding person. What is unfortunate, sometimes you get in a situation where the leadership doesn't back you. And that is unfortunate when that happens. That's the one nice thing I'll say about uh I met Ward Emanuel. We tried to recruit Ward out of uh, New Orleans. Uh, came down to Notre Dame in Michigan. He had a teammate by the name of Rod West who came to Notre Dame. Ward Emanuel went to uh, Michigan. Uh, so, you know, he's made a bad decision. But he is standing behind Jim Harbaugh strongly. And that is a great asset is when your AD does that. I never left. I had six college situations. Never left under the same athletic director or the same president that hired me. Once they change presidents or AD, you're not their man. They're always looking for somebody else. Coach, I, I said this, and, and I'm, I'm sorry to keep you longer, but I've said Michigan for a coach is the greatest place in the country to coach. The president, they suspend the guy, but they're backing the hell out of him. They want to give him an extension. He gets suspended again, and the president's writing love letters to him. Coach, as a former coach, that's the greatest place in America to coach right now with that support. They didn't do that for Urban at Ohio State. No, they didn't do that to me in a lot of different places. However, I do believe Jim Harbaugh will go on to the NFL. Let's remember on signing day last year, he interviewed with an NFL team. And I think with the success he had, when he was in the pros, he ended up getting to the Super Bowl, lost to his brother and the Baltimore Ravens. So I think he's going to leave the University of Michigan after this year. <clears throat> I don't think it's good for college football necessarily. However, if you violated the rules, and I don't have all the facts and figures, but I do know they passed the rule you cannot scout and they would go scout and take video of them. And then you look at them, the team's on defense, and they look over to the sideline, and all of a sudden they 
figure out what's going on. But he, he, he's a, I, I love Jim Harbaugh. I've known him well for years. He threw the winning touchdown against me in 86 uh, on a fade route. Uh, he, he's a competitor. He's a good golfer. He's a good individual. He is a little bit different. You have to understand it. But I'm a big Jim Harbaugh fan, and any organization would be proud to have him. He'd do well for him. He did well at Stanford. He did well with the 49ers, and he's done very well at Michigan. Coach, last, last thing. Do you remember the losses more or the wins more? Oh, you remember the losses. And, you know, yeah, after, no. yeah, we no. had great success. And for nine straight years, we went to a January 1 bowl. The sugar of the cut and the orange of the fifth. And you, you remember those. But what happens when you have success? This happened to Urban Meyer. It happens to uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney. It happens to Nick Saban. You get to the point where winning is not a celebration. Winning's a relief. Wow. We got through that win. You know, you can't celebrate. Wherever you're building a program, every time you win, everybody's excited. Isn't it? And then a loss is absolutely devastating. And that's what Dabo Sweeney's friend, et cetera. So you remember the losses. Uh, I was talking to a Notre Dame alum yesterday who called me on another matter. And what he, ta- he talked about with the pass, we dropped the interception against, against, uh, I, I think in Boston College, right in our head. And we made a great comeback. We're behind 39-14 the end of the third quarter. We take the lead 41-39. We drop an interception. They kick a field goal in the last play of the game. We lose even though we beat Florida State. They gave Florida State the national championship. Those, those are the things you remember. They, they hurt. Uh, <clears throat> last game I coached, we're up by eight. We're up by eight against Southern Cal, our arch rival. Never lost to them in 11 years. We missed the extra point. Two minutes to go. They come down. They score. They go for two. They make. They beat us in overtime. Those are things that are devastating. You remember those far more than you do the success. Man, there is no doubt. I always tell fans, I remember the losses, but I don't need you reminding me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, Coach, thank you up. so much. I, no, I, I don't. That's what I tell people. Like, I think about literally in my life, I think about every day four losses. Uh, state finals oh, yeah. in high school, kid missed two free throws. I think about four every day, and it's been 40 years for some, Coach. Make you crazy. Oh. I, I'm <laughs> sorry, you know, we lost Bobby Knight. He was such a great guy. And Bobby and I used to get in an argument all the time because he told me football was easier to coach than basketball. I said, you got nine coaches for 11 players. <laughs> and we go on and on. No, Finally, I said to him, I said, hey, Bobby, if coaching basketball is that hard, how did Digger Phelps win that many games? He said, you win. So, but I missed him. He was a class guy that ran an honest program. Yes, he did. Coach, I can't thank you enough. Hope you'll come back as we move towards the college football playoff. It's been a blast. Thank you, Coach. The only time I come back on is when you invite me. That's There will be an invite coming up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, that's the great Coach Holtz. I love Coach Holtz. Hey, look, I grew up an hour away, Gary, Indiana, and I loved Coach Holtz. Still do. He's awesome. Ted Cruz. 
bottom of the hour. Where are you going? Go tell your friends we're rolling on a Tuesday. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you see these two things right here. This is the lawnmower right here. The lawnmower. Go to manscaped.com. I'm lucky enough that Manscaped sent me these things. Look, here's the deal. You ready? It's a great Christmas gift. And not only, what do they say in those testosterone commercials? She'll like it too. Manscaped 2023. Thankful. For the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, ready to spice up your Thanksgiving. And look, as we dive headfirst into the hollow, into mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce, let's talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0. Right there, that is where this little beauty is. That's right, it's time to go cold turkey on your old razor. Take care. Of your old turkey leg with a lawnmower manscape, lawnmower 5.0, lawnmower 5.0 ultra. Visit manscape.com. Use code, do this right now. Write this code down. You can get 20% off. Don't at me. Put it in caps. Don't at me, and you get 20% off and free shipping and enjoy Thanksgiving in style with the lawnmower 5.0. <laughs> Baby, it is. And be thankful. Be thankful. Gobble, gobble, boys and girls. Call to action. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code don't at me at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped with an ed.com and use code don't at me. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. That's right. And you got ear and you got the nose going? This bad boy right here will get her done. But right here, listen to it. Want to hear power? I turned it. Yeah, yeah, it's a buzzing late. There it is. Yeah, put yourself something nice. Woo, baby. I don't use it up top, but I do use it down below, and it's clean as sheen, baby. That's getting into it. All right, here we go. <laughs> I do. Hey, man, 61 years old. Hey, I ain't slowing down. You kidding me? Huh. And she'll like it, too. All right, let's talk about some sports right now. Lou Holtz was fantastic. What other show gives you Lou Holtz and Ted Cruz? Like, look, I get your political leanings make you nuts, but there ain't another show in the world that gives you those two with so much opinion, so much fun, and so much fact. I got some emails. I got some headlines. I got some emails. Let's go to the emails, ladies and gentlemen. John Buzzard says this. Look, of Colorado's four wins... Only Nebraska, this is interesting, would be bowl eligible at 4-4 four and four if the season ended today. 
17 and 24 is the record of TCU, Nebraska, Colorado State, and Arizona. The hype and money created early on this year will obviously improve Colorado's program. I threw that in there. That's great for the future. Consistent improvement over time will show if Coach Sanders is building something real. Doesn't look great after a fourth straight loss. In the meantime, the custodial crew is still mopping up the drool from announcer Mark Jones, the most racist of all announcers, announcing the Colorado-Colorado State game from September. Yes, Mark did get out the knee pads. Yes, he got the wet wipes out. And yes, Mark Jones is that black guy who his guys that went to work with him say, hey, look, <laughs> he's about as white as me. But he tries really hard. And he's overcompensating. And he likes to call Sanders' kids by their first name. Look, I don't pay much attention to him. I've worked with him. I like him enough. He's blocked me on Twitter because he's a racist fraud. But hey, aren't we all, I guess, is what Mark Jones's answer would be. Next, Gary Mays. Gary Mays chimes in. Hey, Dan, Coach D. Uh, Ryan Day versus Harbaugh since 2019. Day's first year, 2019. Day 1-0. 2020 COVID year, Harbaugh chickens out, could not play due to COVID. But on Sunday, the next day, Michigan had a spirited practice. 2021, one and one. Now, UM, we now know who was and is cheating. 2022, two and one Harbaugh, and the cheating continues. Would they be undefeated against Harbaugh? Probably not. But the Harbaugh wins are forever tainted. Keep up the good work. Now, I'm guessing Gary May is an Ohio State fan, Gary Mays, but he's not wrong. And anybody that doesn't think Harbaugh cheated, that's fine. Good for you. And anybody that doesn't think that the cheating that Harbaugh did didn't matter, you're nuts. Even my son will tell me, well, you still got to stop it. Of course you still got to stop it. But I go to this. I go to playing peewee football. And in peewee football, I overheard the signal. It was going to be a swing pass left. And I knew it, and I was going to intercept it. But my friend Danny Onofre sacked the quarterback before I could get there. It's the only play I ever played in football that I remember. I only played about a couple years of Pop Warner and then my eighth grade year, and that was enough. I didn't like practice, and if I don't like practice, I'm not going to do it. But anyway, Danny Onofre said, but I knew the play. And because I knew the play, as an outside linebacker, I was going to make an interception. Or at least I was going to be there if I caught it. And had it been an interception, I was so excited I knew the play. I was going to take it to the house, yo. I think I was 10, maybe 9, I don't know. But I was going to take it to the house. Knowing the play matters over a 60-minute game. Knowing the setup matters. Knowing if it's as simple as a pass or a run matters. And Ohio State did that. And as Coach Holt said, in about 92 or 93, I was a young assistant and I used to go scouting in person. Well, they eliminated that and oh, was I happy. Because I'll never forget the day Coach Knight took the team off against the Russians. I was scouting at Miami of Ohio. I was driving back. Cop on I-70 pulled me over. He said, hey, Dan. I go, how you doing? He goes, hey, sorry about what happened today. I go, what, we lose to the Russians? He goes, you don't know? I go, no. He goes, no, uh, you're going to have to see this. Coach Knight took the team off of the court. Oh, wow. So I drove back to Assembly Hall. I could see that all the cars were still there, coaches and the assistants. I said, screw this. I went back to my apartment in Varsity Villas where a poker game was going on among my buddies. I sat down, had some beers, and said, you're not even going to believe what tomorrow brings. So, ladies and gentlemen, I loved when they said no more in-person scouting. Uh, Michigan, you do your thing. I'm guessing right. Uh, Gary Mays is a Ohio State fan. 
but he ain't wrong. Uh, Steve Clemenson used to be called our East Coast idiot. Now he's a genius. He says this, what's wrong with 24 millimeter stub or stubby as the ladies know him? Here's a pair of tweezers, you hairless elf. Someone get out a microscope and see if we can see it. What's that? It's your dignity, you patriot-licking, brewing-sniffing, socks-choking mope. You're definitely someone's cousin from Boston. Oh, this is 24. This is 24-inch nails. Yeah, it's dubs. Yeah, I like it. We got some trash talking on the YouTube chat. Listen to this. You're definitely someone's cousin from Boston. What? When God was handing out brains, you were in the lunch line. I used to say, when God was handing out brains, you thought he said trains, and you asked for a slow one. Bada bing, say it with me, you're a loser, 24 inch, kiss the shoe, hope it doesn't kick you in the mouth, it's embarrassing that you're living on the East Coast, move to Michigan, go live with Crime Incorporated, where a slow-witted, twisted choke like you looks like a graduate of their defunct university. It's better to be blue than you, dopey. Rack them. That's the email of the century right there. That is. Look at the East Coast idiot, Steve. Hey, look, let me tell you something. If you're going to bring the East Coast into it, you better be smart or Steve will crush your soul. 24-inch dubs. 24-inch, you came on yesterday. I don't know if we have his voicemail from the other day, but if we do and we could play it, let me know. But good for you, Steve Clemenson. Steve's from my old show. And Steve knows we don't tolerate foolishness, stupidity, morons, trash talking, unless, of course, you can back up the moronic trash talking, and then we respect yo. But anyway, having said that, you go, boy. Good for you, Steve Clemenson. Do we have the voicemail from the other day, Dylan? I know that's a big ask. Uh, I didn't see it, but if we do, I'll shut up for a second and you guys can play it. All right. Dylan needs 30 seconds, but hey, here, when we, when we play the voicemail, I want you to get a good look at this email. This is what Steve is going to be referencing. He's going to be referencing a voicemail from 24-inch dubs off of our YouTube chat. Now, respect, yo, 24-inch dubs for having this stonage, the sack, as we say in the Dockage family, to do what? Call in. Here is what here's the call that drew the angst of my friend Steve Clemenson. This is 24 inch dubs, and this goes out to all the soft ass Colts fans and Dan himself. The Patriots are beating your ass all the way in Germany, and you clowns are gonna have to fly all the way back to Indy. And Greg Doyle and the Indy Star are gonna be, how do the Patriots beat us with mac and cheese Jones? Well, you know what? Belichick owns you. And I love how you say, oh, he's going to get fired and this and that. Greatest coach of all time. Don't at me. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, Doublelicious. Yeah. 24-inch Doublelicious. How'd that work out for you? Colts kicked their ass. Colts whopped them 10-6. to They don't care what the score is. It was a physical beatdown, the likes that we have never seen before. That's right. I'm sending this out to you. Well, uh, I'm sending this out to you, Cashman. Yeah, get the undercarriage. Yeah, get the pits if you need. Clean it up. Clean it up around there. 24-inch stubs. I do have respect. Yo. My top five Heisman. Oh, yeah, if you want to, we want to hear from you. 
3941. And go to outkickdockage uh, at gmail.com. Michigan fans have been very clever. Never heard this one before. Jockitch. Oh my God. Dickitch. Oh my God. Whoever said that is really clever. I've never heard that one before. Oh my goodness. I am offended. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh geez. Please make it stop. It hurts me in my soul. <laughs> God, it's a great show. Hey, Marvin. Marvin. Marvin Harrison Jr., son of Marvin Harrison Sr. He is numero five on my house Heisman lip. It really doesn't matter. He's like the cool kids pick. You know, the cool kids, the guys that always go outside the box, well, you're doing this, so I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm going to pick him five because he has no chance right now. But he does have a chance if he goes 10 catches, 300 yards against Michigan with three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying. That's his shot because he's the cool kid pick. He can go two catches for 36 yards, and everybody that's trying to be smart in football is going to talk about he's the greatest player ever. I saw something today that says he's the greatest college-wide receiver ever. Yeah, okay. Just stop. All right, just, just stop with all that noise. Stop. All right, four. Jordan Travis, I like Jordan Travis, but Jordan Travis is not getting much traction, even though his team is a top five team, and his team is Florida State, really a traditional blue bro, blue, 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 blue blood, say that with me three times, uh, in the world of college football. But, you know, they kind of had, and this sucks about college football, um, they kind of sort of had a nondescript win over their rival, Florida, uh, excuse me, Miami. And that's not Florida State's fault. That's Miami's fault. Miami stinks. Miami needs to get back to paying players. Miami needs to do something like this. Get Luther Campbell, the gold chain rappers, and you know what? Get back to paying players more than what players are used to being paid. I mean, everybody gets paid now, but get that guy that bought themselves a Final Four in men's and women's basketball, get that guy involved in the football program, and get some money going. Lou Holtz talked about number three, Bo Nix. Bo Nix's daddy was a quarterback at Auburn. I remember Bo Nix's daddy. He was damn good. Bo Nix has come over to Oregon, and he's been very, very good. Look, make no mistake, I'm not arguing with Coach Holtz, but the loss to Washington is where we look at things, and where we look at him is this. He lost to the guy that I currently have number two. It's a stretch. Let me just put it this way. It's a stretch to say that the guy who lost to number two is the guy that should be the Heisman. Uh, I, I just, I, 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 I'm sorry. It's just hard. All right, now that we're into the college quarterback portion of the Heisman voting, let me give you some numbers. This is from a guy named Jason Tarver, the top three Heisman candidates, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Jaden Daniels, my three top picks. All right. Against top 50 defenses. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. Bo Nix has only played one. One. 240 yards passing, two touchdowns, eight yards rushing with a TD. He's only played one. My number two guy, Michael Penix, has played four. He's played four top, uh, top 50 defenses. In that, he has 1,263 yards. Now, by my math, oh, I don't know, 
That's 300 yards a game. That's pretty good. He has six touchdowns, three interceptions, and minus 25 yards rushing. You ready for Jaden Daniels? Here's Jaden Daniels. Five games against top 50 defenses. Listen to this. 1,469 yards passing. Now, that ain't quite 300 a game, but it's damn close. Listen to this. 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. Listen to this. Five games against top 50 defenses in college football. Jaden Daniels, 486 yards, basically 100 yards a game. Two rushing touchdowns. Now, I don't know about you, but I've said this about basketball, and I'll say this about Heisman Trophy. I don't give a damn how Jaden Daniels did against McNeese State or the Citadel or whoever they played. I don't give a damn how Bo Nix did against Sac State. I don't give a damn how Jaden, or excuse me, Michael Penix did against Cal State Chico early in the year. That is statistics that matter to me. In basketball, I've told you this before, I would always get these wooden watch uh, awards and you got to make your list and it's like early February. And I'm thinking to myself, nah. The player of the year comes down the stretch in conference. The player of the year comes down the stretch in big games, rivalry games, which in basketball usually at the end of the year. I don't give a damn how Indiana's players, and I told you this about Gabe Cops, did against Florida Gulf Coast or did against Army. That's great. You should do well, particularly at home. Now, if you had great games on the road, I can get down with that. But hey, that's just me. So, the Heisman to me, number one, is Jaden Daniels. Over 300 yards passing and 200 yards rushing the other day. I got to tell you, never been done in the SEC before. When you do things that have never been done, I got to give it to you. You want to know who my top five college basketball teams are? I won money last night on one of them. I did. I won money last night on Purdue covering, uh, not covering 17 and a half. I took Xavier, and I took the 17-and-a-half. Not sure why, but I still have Purdue as the number one team in the country. I think Purdue is that good. I do like Purdue. I don't love Purdue yet. They're the number one team, but I'm not going to lie to you. I do think that Purdue will get beat at some point. No, I don't. Now, let me – can I start the whole segment over? After last night, I think Purdue may get beat. But going into last night, I think this is a team that's going to be favored in every game and possibly go regular season undefeated. I do. Look, nobody's gone undefeated the entire year since 1976. And don't look now, Indiana fans, but 1976, 47 years ago, at least by my calculations, hold on, that's uh, 48 years ago. My bad. I can't do math. The only math I can do is golf gambling math. Anyway, I like Purdue. I'm not sure they're going undefeated, but I'll tell you what, you're going to have a Herculean effort to beat them. And speaking of that, Michigan under Phil Martelli last night looked damn good. They beat the dog, the dog out of St. John's, and everybody was making buckets. The great Sack and I took the under of 155. Everybody was making buckets in the first half. It's one of those where it was the right bet. It just did not work out for us. Number two is Kansas. 
Did you know, I saw this yesterday, did you know that Fog Allen Fieldhouse was built during the war? The United States said, hey, look, uh, no steel use. Stop construction. We need it for the war. Well, guess what they did at the University of Kansas? They put in their design an artillery, an armory. They made it a military place. They were housing guns in there. So the United States said, yeah, go ahead, keep building the facility. Fog Allen was built through a technicality. Look it up. I ain't wrong. I give you insight that no one else can. Arizona. Arizona's number three. Now, Arizona went into Duke and won, but I care about that, but that's not what did it for me. It's the way they won. Arizona went into Duke in front of a crowd, stood up to the crowd fine, but Arizona was bigger, stronger, tougher, better coach. All of those things. Will Duke be good? Great. Will Duke be, win the ACC? Probably. But I got to tell you, Arizona did the things that I like to see. They were bigger, more physical, stronger, tougher. Period. Got a bunch of foreign kids, and they got a good coach named Tommy Lloyd. Those of you that don't know, Tommy Lloyd, longtime assistant in the Gonzaga program under Mark Few. The dude can coach. The dude can recruit. They got some foreigners who are not entitled little pukes. Duke's players look like entitled little pukes. And what is it about the modern college basketball player that he wants to look and act like a girl? Be a man. The hair, the face, they dance like little girls in the background of Taylor Swift. What? What? Walk like men. The dude on Indiana, Ribot? Jesus. What are we doing? I digress. Uh, UConn until further notice. UConn lost some players, but here's the deal with Danny Hurley. Danny Hurley is like his dad. He's old school. He's tough. But you know what? This is weird about Danny Hurley. Nobody leaves his program unless they go to the NBA. I want you to think about this for a second. Nobody, nobody leaves his program. Breaking news, Ted Cruz rescheduling for tomorrow at 1030. Yeah, I'm sad about that. But hey, I'm on one today. I got plenty of juice and away we go. All right, last one, Tennessee. Tennessee went into Wisconsin and beat Wisconsin pretty good. Now, I'm just going to tell you. Since the Kohl Center opened in 1998, the great program that we used to have at Indiana has never won a game there. We went in there with Calvin Sampson, the great coach, Eric Gordon, the great player, DJ White, the player of the year in the Big Ten, Jordan Crawford, the drug-doing uh, sixth man, Armand Bassett, the oft-times arrested clown, and got our ass whipped. I mean, got our ass whooped. Holy hell. Indiana's never won in the Kohl Center. Tennessee's won in the Kohl Center. I like the way Tennessee does it. And there you go. Dalton is a CWB, a cool white boy. I'll give you that, Dalton. I'll give you that. I don't know who that is. I assume that's Dalton, but I thought Dalton's last name was Taylor. Who the hell is Dalton Connect? There's a kid in this town of Indiana, in Zionsville, Ben Connect, that's in love with my daughter. Oh, oh, he's a transfer for Tennessee. And I know it's Dylan, not Dalton. I mean, how stupid am I? So Dylan, who is a big Tennessee fan, although still reeling from the football, gives us the name Dalton Connect. Hey, Dalton, because Dylan loves you, you are officially the first week Danny D, don't at me, outkick player of the week. We'll be right back. Ted Cruz was supposed to join. He's rescheduling for tomorrow. 
what are you going to do? We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah, we apologize. Ted Cruz is out saving America. He had some kind of vote, and now... Ted Cruz is going to join us tomorrow at 10.30. It don't matter. We'll talk to the great man, the Patriot, whenever he wants to come on. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for noticing the great new background. We've got a Big Ten trophy, which is very rare at Indiana over my left shoulder. And, of course, the great number 11 worn by, oh, my God, Isaiah Thomas, Dan Dockage, Todd Jadlow, uh, Malcolm Sims, Dane Fife, Eric Sir. Uh, I think that little kid, C.J. Gunn, wears it now. Hey, C.J. Gunn's daddy, Christopher Gunn, get your ass off Twitter. Just get off Twitter. Look, college basketball, college athletes, mommies and daddies, at least in Indiana, and this started with a kid named Bobby Capabianco, who was a really good kid, but his mother was all social media. Then when Bobby stunk in Indiana and had a transfer to Valpo, she got bitch slapped left and right on social media. It has not worked for any guy, and C.J. Gunn, your daddy, is the latest. Christopher Gunn, I know you're some sort of coach. I know you got wisdom. Get off. Anthony Leal's mommy, former Mr. Basketball, got on uh, Twitter. Don't, begging for him to play. Don't do it. Leal hasn't been seen since other than some kind of dinner at Mother Bear's, which is horrible, by the way. I don't know what's happened. I'm not happy. Uh, news from the NBA. This is good news for Mike Malone. Mike Malone is getting ready to get paid. Yo, Mike Malone, he of the world champions. I'm not calling him world champions. He of the NBA champion. I don't think the NBA champion could win a world championship. I don't. I don't. I, I honestly don't. I don't think they could win the world champion. I know you guys do. I know you think I'm nuts, but I don't think so. I don't think they're that good. Not anymore. And we got 10-year-olds playing. I mean, what are we doing? Anyway, uh, sources are telling me that Mike Malone is getting ready to sign one of the highest paid deals in the country. They're currently 8-2. and two. They won the championship. He's the fourth longest tenured head coach. So good for Mike Malone. He seems like a good dude. I had a chance to interview him at the desk. Uh, I was doing summer league games for ESPN. And by the way, if you want to look up great arguments that I had, I asked for Grayson Allen to be kicked out. I told the refs when they came over, just get rid of this guy. NBA got mad at it. Eh, what are you going to do? Some guy named George Sedano, who is a boot-licking, ass-kissing Miami Heat fan, was, oh, oh, Spolster's the greatest coach ever. Oh, shut up. Spolster's just another guy. I don't care what anybody else says. I got eyes. Anyway... I did the greatest job in the history of the summer league, at least according to uh, the guy Corrigan who run the th- Tim Corrigan. Eh, what are you going to do? Anyway, good for Mike Malone getting ready to sign 
a big deal. Ray Anderson. Ray Anderson's an idiot. Ray Anderson is the athletic director at Arizona State. Ray Anderson has hired nobody any good of any consequence. But you know what? Ray was a diversity hire, and we know how this goes. Ray was all in on diversity. Ray went out and he hired the, oh man, what's that guy's name? Herm Edwards. And Herm Edwards and his staff had to get fired. Then he hired this guy, Kenny Dillingham, who may or may not be any good. He made a good hire that just didn't work out. Tracy Smith coming over from Indiana, or maybe he didn't hire Tracy Smith. He fired him, and that was just stupid. Just stupid. Now, when you're going to read about Ray Anderson, you're going to read what a great guy he is because, well, he's a diversity hire, and diversity hires always get praised, particularly by ESPN. But he was a catastrophe. He was a complete and utter catastrophe. The baseball program ain't no good. Bobby Hurley hadn't done much as a basketball coach. The football program has gone on probation. They hired the biggest fraud I've ever been around, Herm Edwards. So, and Antonio Pierce was a part of that too. But Antonio landed on his feet, as did Herb uh, or Herm. I wonder why. What do they have in common? Let me go to the chin. Cheating, but invited back at the sanctimonious ESPN. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong. Because there's never been a worse coach in the history of the NFL than Jeff Saturday, and he got invited back to ESPN. So maybe I'm overstating the whole diversity thing. Who knows? Uh, Roy McElroy is not happy. Roy McElroy calls Patrick Cantlay a D-word. That's right. He called him a penis, but he used uh, a four-letter word that starts with D, ends with K, and isn't duck. Let's just put it that way. Roy McElroy has become a mouth. Of course, Roy McElroy, with all of his tough talk, had a chance, ladies and gentlemen, to actually get physical or at least get, I don't know, Earl Weaver on the mound or Tommy Lasorda when Joe LaCava got in his face, yo, at the Ryder Cup. Of course, Rory backed down. But hey, so this is what my man, Rory, who has become, I don't know, just a mouth, had to say. I started having a go at them. Yeah, okay, me too. Yeah, you know what? You know how many people say, I was going to kick Dockage's ass if I had a nickel. If I had a nickel, I was going to kick, or I'll beat your ass when I see you. I know I saw you. the other. Shut up. Just all of it, shut up. I'm too old for it. Rory's too old. I was going to have a go at him, but I didn't. Uh, Joe LaCava used to be a nice guy when he was catting for Tiger, and now he's catting for that duck. He's turning into a blank hole. I still wasn't in a great headspace. Here's what angered me. My relationship with Canelay is average at best. We won't have a ton in common and see the world differently. Okay. But because he sees the world differently, you arrogant prick, Roy McElroy, then he is a duck? Look, granted, uh, LaCava was a complete idiot. LaCava should never be allowed to caddy in that event again. LaCava, everybody says, is a nice guy, and I'll tell you why. Because he's big, he's strong, and he probably kisses everyone's ass. The only way you get on Tiger's bag, both sexually or on golf, is to get on his bag, is to kiss his ass. That's what you do. Kissing ass gets you on Tiger's bag, or working at a Perkins, 
either one, or being a hostess at a casino, or maybe being a random girl walking down the street hitchhiking. I mean, Tiger will throw it around. He will let you on his bag, but I'm sure he's not letting you on his bag as a caddy unless you're puckering up and smooching. So Joe LaCava showed himself to be a fraud. Joe LaCava showed himself to be an idiot when he got in the middle of actual players playing golf. Good for Joe LaCava. We at least now know your sorry ass caddying name. And good for Roy McIlroy. You continue to be a jackass. It's apparent to me I don't like anybody in this scenario. And if I don't like you, that ain't good for you. Uh, Zion Williamson, he of being fat, he of being hurt, he of being ridiculous, he of having all kind of baby mama drama, actually being just a typical NBA player, is not happy. He's frustrated. He's frustrated. I'm used to winning. No, you're not. What are you talking about? Last year, we had a team meeting, and we brought up some things I can do better, especially with buying into the program. Right now, it's tough. I'm taking a little bit of a back seat right now. I'm trusting the process. I'm trying my best to buy in. Oh, Zion. Poor baby. Look, it ain't a day. It, it, a day does not go by that we don't have a victim in sports, that we don't have an overpaid child uh, playing a victim in sports. The dude is averaging 21 points a game, six and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. All right, yay, Ra, go fight, win. I mean, let's be honest. Zion Williamson, we all knew he was going to get fat. He is fat. That's just who he is. Uh, Anyway, he's tried not to get fat, so good. But the truth of the matter is the New Orleans Pelicans are boring. And the New Orleans Pelicans, sitting at four and six, need Zion Williamson to score 30 a night, get 10 rebounds, make about seven different kind of dunks, and try to stay on the floor. It helps the NBA. It helps Nolans. It helps all of us. But when you have a pension for eating, and that supersedes your pension for your job, bad things do occur. And Zion Williamson needs to extract his head out of his ass and go be the player that he can be. I should be Zion Williamson's agent because I would have him balling in two seconds. There you go. Uh, Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi is uh, not happy that people want to fire Bill Belichick midseason. Bill Belichick is 81-95 and without Tom Brady, and I say it all the time. Three without Tom Brady. Cleveland, Drew Bledsoe prior to when Brady took over, tuck year, and then obviously the last couple years without Brady. 81 and 95. Here's Uncle Teddy, my former Patriot hat. I'll put on right here. When people talk about should be Belich- Bill Belichick be fired midseason, listen, we are not the Las Vegas Raiders, and this is not Josh McDaniels right here. You let Bill finish this out, Mr. Kraft. Then, when it comes to whatever draft pick you have at the end, have that meeting. Whatever you come up with, whatever he moves on or not, have it then. That discussion is asinine. That's something we don't even partake in. Teddy Bruschi on Bill Belichick potentially being fired. Well, of course you partake in the firing. Teddy Bruschi doesn't. He's just a hairspray. I mean, what's he do? I walked in on Teddy. I walked in one day, first year at ESPN. I'm sitting in the green room. Trey Wingo comes over. I didn't know him. Says hello. LaFonso Ellis and I are sitting there. Uh, somebody else came in. It was great. Teddy Bruschi came in and acted like an idiot. And I made sure when people act like idiots 
that I, you know, I uh, become an idiot back. So I walked out. Fonz was walking with me. I said hello to everybody. Brewski didn't say anything. He just acted like a clown. And so as I walked out, of course, I went, I smacked him on the leg, said, hey, man, great to meet you. And I walked out. Our set was right next to where the green room was. I quickly realized, oh, man. I looked back. It was a glass door. It's now where you get makeup. I looked back. And Brewski's like, and then it hit me. It hit me hard. I forgot my backpack in that room, and I got to go back in that room and face Teddy Bruschi. So I had a choice. There was a couple interns. Could have asked him. I said, no. I sacked up. Did our segment. Said, screw it. And this is what I do when I know I'm facing impending danger. I simply put myself in a place where I don't care. I'm, I'm capable of doing this. I put my brain in a place where I just don't care. Put my brain in that place, open the door, grab my bag, pointed at Brewski, great meeting you, and walked out. Yeah, I got no respect for Teddy Brewski. Screw him. He speaks for nobody but himself. If the New England Patriots under Robert Kraft want to fire a guy that's 81 and 95 without the star quarterback, and also there are reports, and we'll see how this ends out, that this draft by Bill Belichick, as currently put together, is going to go down as the worst first-year class maybe in NFL draft history. Now, remember, I said it. Bill Belichick is the architect of the drafts. Let me say it again. He's the guy that does the drafting. He's the coach. And without a quarterback named Tom Brady, my man is 81-95. That'll get you fired, except for in Indianapolis with Chris Ballard. Other than that, that'll get you fired. And by the way, speaking of Chris Ballard, do yourself a favor. Don't listen to idiots. Don't listen to anybody that's telling you that the Colts will not make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. I'm not. But let me go this route with you. I'm going to pull this up. I had it here, and I left it upstairs. The Colts have the easiest schedule. They're in the middle of it in the history of the NFL. May I digress? Uh, They have a bye week. So their last two wins are at Carolina, the worst team in the league, against the Patriots, neutral, the second worst team. Now they go to the Buccaneers, that stinks. They do have to go to the Titans. They go to the Bengals. Uh, But after that, Steelers, then the Falcons, the Raiders, and the Texans at home. It's an easy schedule. They're going to make the playoffs particularly if Jacksonville plays like booty. Booty, 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 booty. I heard that song driving back from St. Louis the other day, and Lee knew it. She was giving it all this. Booty, 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 booty. I kind of dug it. Where else do you get Ted Cruz, Lou Holtz, and booty, 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 and get your manscape, trim the hedges. It is the lawnmower 5.0. That's right. I said it. Hey, shout out to my boy, Dickie V. You know... The adulterous lech, Greg Doyle, wrote how people that work with me don't like me. He was talking about two guys, Fat Dave, who was a little pain in the ass that tried coming at me, and I had, and then a kid named Tony Donahue. Tony was America's creep. Tony's file, at least at Emmis, was this thick, uh, maybe that thick, I don't know, of alleged stuff. Look, I got nothing. 
Those two didn't like me. I felt better about myself. Doyle wrote an article. A couple of guys that work with Dockage, they should hate me. They're horrific human beings. Anyway, I digress. So when you work at ESPN, and everywhere I've worked, I've been the best teammate ever, and that includes Dickie V. Dickie V's my friend. I didn't necessarily, I loved listening to Dickie V. But when Dickie V would come to Indiana for a game, he never really spoke to us. Like, he's America's person now, but he would be, where's Bobby? Where's Bobby? Where's Bobby? And we would always go, hey, Dick, how are you? It's nice to see you. Where's Bobby? Where? And we would tell him if Coach Knight went that way, we would tell him Coach Knight went that way, and he would run off looking for Coach Knight. It was our little thing. But I love Dickie V. Nobody has a bigger heart for college basketball. Nobody has a bigger heart for children. Children are very, very, very close to my heart. I've told you before, I'm always the guy that could not watch The Wizard of Oz because Dorothy got hurt. Any movie I can't watch where kids get kidnapped. I just can't do it. Dickie V is that way. Dickie V is the guy. Dickie V is the guy that loves kids, is beating cancer, is beating cancer for others, and doing a great job. I'm very happy to announce that Dickie V last night announced that he is cancer-free. Now, he's being smart. He's listening to doctors. He's going to take some time away from ESPN and let all the diversity hires at ESPN do that. That's what he's doing. Smart. Very smart. ESPN is chock full of Corey Alexander's women, diversity hires, like Carolyn Peck, an African-American lady, call the Bahamas. You got diversity out the backside, ESPN. When Dickie V comes back, cancer-free, it'll be a celebration. It will be. I'm so happy for my friend Dick Vitale. He's battled. Look, a lot of people are jackasses about Dick Vitale. I've had a lot of people say, well, you know what? A lot of people go through cancer and they're not begging like Dick Vitale is for the support. That's total bullshit. Let me just say, Dick Vitale is using his platform and using his battle against cancer to raise money and raise awareness for other cancer victims. He's putting cancer in our face and making us see it. And with the hopes that somebody will donate, somebody will say, look, I'm with you, Dickie V. I'm giving money to the V Foundation, and we're going to help. That's what Dickie V is doing. Don't at me with anything other than that. Dickie V's heart is pure when it comes to cancer and money. Period. Do not at me. Do not at me about this. Or I'll sick the lawnmower 5.0 on you. This thing is magic. I got a sheen down there, the likes of which any 25-year-old male would absolutely love to have. That's right. I said it. I meant it. Uh, Jimmy Jackson and Benetti were not great last night. Jimmy Jackson talked way too much. I know, hey, look, I get it, Jimmy Jackson. I, no, uh-uh. Don't tell me that buzzard. Nuh-uh. Nope. Nope. I had to turn the sound down. Lee's like, why do we got the sound down? You know I love Benetti. I'll take Benetti all day. But I, I just couldn't listen. By the way, well, you know, the young men, stop it. I love Jimmy. Jimmy's a friend. We used to go to Carmine. But just stop. Let it breathe. Anyway, all right. Well, I want it. You want it. Remember, tomorrow, Ted Cruz is going to join us. And Thursday, uh, uh, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're going to raise some money. We're going to raise a lot of money, and we're going to start our campaign 
on Thursday. Matt's going to come on around 10 o'clock. We'll talk some Pittsburgh Steelers and that kind of stuff. All Matt Canada does as an offensive coordinator with the Steelers is win. And every Steeler fan whines like a schoolgirl about it. So just stop it. And by the way, don't give me any hell about saying whines like a schoolgirl. My daughter, my stepdaughter, whined way more than the schoolboys. 350 million people on this, on this, uh, in this country, and not everybody's alike. So just shut it. Anyway, first, woke dope, let's go! The woke mind virus is communism rebranded. It is. I mean, we are selling everybody on same wages, socialism. We are. And people are fooling, falling for it. You know, it is really interesting to me what's going on in our country. I didn't buy any of this crap. My wife, and here's going to be the response to this. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. You would listen to Glenn Beck. We listen to everything. My wife loves listening to Glenn Beck, and I got to tell you, if you've listened to Glenn Beck, pretty much predicts everything that is happening right now about three or four years ago. I get it. The initial reaction is to criticize, not to discuss. Nobody understands that more than me. Nobody. But I got to tell you, this is exactly what this is. People don't want to go to work. They don't. People have no interest in going to work. The fascinating thing in our country would be this. What's really going on? What was the COVID virus really about? How did it get here right around election time? How did it lose itself right at the end of the election? How were media outlets complicit with Big Pharma? I think it'd be fascinating to know. The problem we have in our country is like communism. We cannot get the real answers. Where do you go for the real answers? I don't know. I go to OutKick. I do. OutKick's going to shoot you straight. I don't know anybody that works here that has an agenda, left or right, other than to just simply tell you the truth. Now, you're going to laugh at that because if you are on the left, you don't like the right so bad that anybody that doesn't just blindly agree with your fascist, communist, socialist stance, you say, oh, see, Dockage right there, you just did it. No, I didn't. I'm common sense. I pay attention. I do. You may, you may not. I listen to both sides, but I also see what's real. 8% mortgage rates when it was 2.3. That's what I got it at on a refi. Gritty did too. Uh, $4 gas prices when it was 1.79. Dawkins, that was in COVID, man. Oh, shut up. Oh, just shut up. It was not. Shut up. When Obama had it, gas prices were through the roof. When Trump had it, gas prices were down. And of course, now we got another crazy ass Democrat. You know, people are actually arguing that the borders aren't open. Look, I don't know, but you can watch any show on CNN or anywhere else and you see people pouring in. They're not open, man. Really? All right. If you say so, go to the store. See what Biden economics is doing for you. It's doing crap. Prices that used to be in the $6 range, now 10. That's significant. That's a 67, uh, excuse me, percent increase. How about that? It's coming. We got to fight it. Most important election of our lifetime. And if you elect another one of these idiot Joe Biden type people, we're screwed. Look where it's been in three years. They still blame Trump. They do. They still blame Trump. Trump hadn't been president for a while, but they still blame Trump. This is Biden. What are you talking about? Well, well, OPEC, shut up. Next.
Doctor, I'm depressed because of the weather in 30 years. Have you tried super gluing yourself to the street? That is really funny. Hey, man, we got some on the spectrum gal named Greta Thunberg. She's actually a thing. I've never understood it. I will not listen to children tell me about how dramatic it was. Here's a question I got for all of you. Did you ever hear your dad say, I'm too sad to go to work now? In about 15 years, that question is going to be answered by yes, right? So I'm going to keep asking it. Look, I'm old. Who knows how long I have for this? In 10 years, when I leave here, they're going to announce I've been fired again. Hey, I get it. That's fine. But I'm sad about what's going to happen in 30 years. Have you tried super gluing yourself to the street? Had you tried dyeing your hair purple, getting a vaginal ring, a nose ring, an ear ring, and, uh, you know, walking around naked at a gay pride parade? This will help you. The world is insane. Absolutely insane. Anyway, see, I got it right here. Tony, uh, this is from Alan Cashman. Tony Donahue is a scumbag and a fraud. You have no idea. That's, that's Cashman saying it. He is such a fraud. <laughs> one of the people he was trying to scam was a friend of his who was also one of my clients. Yeah, I got a bunch on that. But hey, that's who Doyle used. Doyle used Tony Donahue and big old David Deering. David Deering tried to be a smartass to me about the big lug. I shot his fat ass down. And then he, oh, 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 oh. shut up. Next. Oh, wow. That's in the head. I'm telling you, that's in the head of every liberal you know. They see the tears. The tears are pouring down. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Man, the other day, some biggin, it's always a biggin, Michigan fan said this. She said, Dan, why don't you use the same energy on the president? So I did. 8% inflation. Down to 4%. Was less than 2%. 8% mortgage rates. Was less than 3%. Ga- uh, gas prices through the roof. Grocery bill through the roof. Borders through the roof. She changed it. She came back and said, oh, well, you still haven't answered my question about, and then she put in former, but she was too, too stupid. She put FNR. I answered the question about the current president, but fat-ass Michigan State, Michigan uh, fan, didn't. Ex- she wanted to go to Trump. What are you doing? Trump ain't the president. I give you what he was when we were the president, buck 79 right here at the get-go. You go to the store, prices were down, shelves were filled until COVID hit. Crime, under control. Wars, none. I don't know. Maybe these are all, somebody said, you're just parroting Fox talking points. Uh Uh-uh. I didn't get them from Fox. I got them from everywhere. I pay attention. Anyway, it is what it is. (sighs) What a show. Thanks for being here. I have a great time on this show. You know, Kent Sterling, my partner on Two Big Brains, when he hired me to be uh, the afternoon host and to set the standard and change the world of indie sports radio, which we all did. And by the way, we're going to be back. Wait for it. Uh, He said it should be the most enjoyable part of your day. And because of Gary, who I know is an uber supportive boss, Aaron, an uber supportive boss and partner in this with me. And because of Dylan and Nick and Nick, I feel like all of us are in a partnership here. 
I'm the face of it because I do the talking. But we have such a great group here. Beth the Booker, Haley giving me these ads, Katie on the doing all kind of stuff. We have so many people involved here. It feels like a real team. This isn't a job. Aaron sent me a text last night. Said this really doesn't feel like a job. It's the most fun part of my day. And I thank all of you for joining me on it. It really is. And I got good days. Like after this, I'm going to go have a sandwich. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to do a Peloton 45-minute hit boot camp, treadmill style. Then I'm going to go play pickleball with my wife. Then I'm going to get on a call with these clowns. And then I'm going to take a good dump, have a couple glasses of wine and some chili for dinner. It's good to be me. But I want to hear from you. 929-687-3941. Email us, outkickdockage at gmail.com. Ted Cruz tomorrow. There is no other show where you can get Ted Cruz, Lou Holtz, and Dan Dockage. That's star power, baby. Thanks for being here, all of you on the YouTube. You guys are awesome. We'll see you tomorrow.